We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. With a bunch of aggressive dudes, I love it. With a bunch of aggressive dudes, I love it. With a bunch of aggressive dudes, I love it. and welcome to another episode of the corner podcast this week's episode of the corner is brought to you by casper mattresses casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost you know me and andreas are always covering events we're always writing articles but when we do have time to sleep we lay our head down on a nice pillowy soft premium mattress from casper mattresses Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen. You can get $50 off of any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner, promo code T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. By now, you know I'm Kel Dansby here with Andreas Hale. 
bringing you the best in MMA, boxing, and pro wrestling, a little other stuff sprinkled in as well. A lot to talk about on today's show, but we got to start with the page sex tape WWE shut down the whole weekend. We don't get much talk on res- you know wrestle Twitter about stuff. We don't get too much drama. But once a year we get like a just a golden drop just hit us and this was it this year. This was the talk of the weekend. Page just freaking off in nude pictures, videos, threesomes, cuck holding, toys, you name it. Page does it. What First off, what do you think of the sex tape? I, I know you watched it. You had to have watched it. Yeah, I saw it. Um, yeah, family man Andreas. You know, you got to take a peek every now and then. Yeah, I mean, you got to see what the world's talking about from time to time. Um, I wasn't, I mean, it was what I thought it was going to be, you know? And and take that for what it's worth. I mean, I see Paige and I look at her and I don't think like church girl, well, even church girls are freaks. Um, I don't think <laughs> like, you know, good, clean and wholesome. I think, you know, she gets down. I, that's That's what I think. And, you know, my thoughts were confirmed when I saw Paige doing numerous acts um, on tape. So, yeah, she was what she was. I wish I could keep I, mean, I, I never I found her physically attractive or anything like that. So it wasn't like something I'd go back and watch again. But, yeah, it happened. And uh, that's it. Paige gets a solid A- minus just for freaky levels for me. Now, the tapes itself probably gets like a D- and, you know, there's a montage out there now. It probably collectively gets a D. Um, you know, styles make fights. Same in sex tapes. I didn't think, like, she got the best booking in the world with these sex tapes. Shout out to Maddox. Um, but I, I don't know. She did her thing. When given her opportunity, she, she took and grabbed that brass ring in the porn star world. I'm not yeah, mad I mean, at it. It's... it's... Like I said, it doesn't make she doesn't necessarily look bad. I mean, everybody's got a sex tape. You just got to kind of protect them better. But you like it's when you look at a guy like Maddox, he's the one everybody's laughing at. <laughs> he's the one holding the camera while Xavier Woods is getting it in. And you know, that other than that, I feel just, bad for him because it looked as though he had just finished doing whatever he was doing and tagged in Xavier Woods. So it looks like he's just holding the camera and being cuckolded. But I swear Xavier was probably filming before then. It's possible. We may never know. We may never know that that film exists, but it's it's over now. Um, the best thing to do for Paige and for anybody else is just kind of ignore it and move on. You know, there's no reason to really dwell on it. Um, it happened. You need to protect your shit better if you don't want to get out there. And uh, yeah, you're a freak. And then now everybody knows that you're a freak. And uh, everybody's had a piece of Paige word everybody's had a piece of page i can only imagine what she still has in the in the lock box that didn't Yo, you, get out do you know how many wrestlers were probably like oh shit <laughs> like we were hoping that their segment didn't show up like you know how many people probably cut a promo with page that's what you should call it cut a promo with page <laughs> like they had to, there's probably so many wrestlers that have dug into page's book and were hoping that this didn't leak out they're the ones that, that sweated the most. Paige, yeah, she did it. I mean, she did a thing. She did what she wanted to do. If you could call it dirt, call it whatever you want. But she had her fun. I'm sure she, she's not stressing. Her parents might be stressing it, but her, whatever. Yeah, she. That's the thing. It's like you know, his family, all this stuff. It hits boyfriends, Alberto Del Rio. Now it's like, oh, you got to walk around. People are like, yo, I just saw your girl. You know, just box wide open. 
But I don't feel bad for him because he knew what he was getting, and I'm sure he's a very happy man. Yeah, I mean, dog, Del Rio is like 40 years old, right? He's got like a, you know, like two decades on page. He knows. He's no dummy. And he's in this business where that there are a lot of wrestlers who, I mean, there's a lot of wrestling groupies in this business. And I'm not saying Paige is a groupie. I'm saying wrestlers deal with groupies all the time that, that do freaky shit. So, you know, <laughs> that's your girl or whatever. And you knew, like, it's not, I don't think it was like a big surprise. If he is surprised, sorry for you, Del Rio, but I don't think it is this, this should be something that he's going to be like, damn it, Paige, how could you? Yeah. It's, it's probably a lot of this stuff was probably before, before him anyway. Yeah, I saw the picture of, uh, there's a funny meme with Asuka licking the NXT women's title and then Paige's picture with the women's title right next to it. Oh, my God. Mm. Yeah. It, it's so crazy. It's like, oh, like, oh, Asuka forever unclean. Right. Like, oh, it's just horrible. Um, Xavier Woods, though, he took that in stride to be like what? the third guy. I, I mean, I guess it's always better to be the guy brought in for the cuckold than the one being cuckolded. I'm not sure the rules of engagement on that. I'm not into that scene. But uh, they talked, they briefly addressed it as the new day on Raw, and they did pretty well with it. Yeah, but again, it's, it's this is all handled well. You know, you can't act like it didn't happen. You do need to address it. You can't dwell on it. You kind of nod your head and be like, ah, bitch, you got me. And then you move on. And then that's really what happened. It's like they made a little joke. Uh, they smiled, giggled about it. He he, ho ho! You got caught, fool! And then you move on. Like, what else can you do? And, and it was handled well. And you know, people were like, "Oh, the new day is going to get punished." And no, man, it's it's like these things happen. It's like you don't. This is is it controversial? Yeah, for like the five minutes when it comes out and everybody's searching for it. But after that, everybody moves on. Yeah. I, well, we shall see if there's more leaks. You know, we had Summer Rae. We had uh, the very just brolic chick from WWE. Yeah, Caitlyn, once upon a time. She was in the business for a, a cup of coffee real quick. Okay, well, her nudes are uh, frightening at best. Bodybuilder, yeah. Yeah, I, I could have went without those. But we don't know. I, you know, um, we, there's rumors of more stuff coming out. This might be the end. This might not. Paige was definitely the, the biggest thing to hit the ground, though, during this whole fiasco. What everyone should take out of this, though, learn how to hide your nudes, people. Don't put them in the cloud. Get, you know, a, a separate, just a separate drive for them. Keep them somewhere else. If you're not with the person, delete them. What are you still keeping nude videos, with, like, from three years ago for? It's very unnecessary. I, I can't name one person who's gone back and watched a nude or, like, a sex tape or a FaceTime recording or something of someone they broken up with two years ago. That makes no sense. If they're out of your life, let them be out of your life. If you keep yeah. those, it says something about you, kind of. Yeah, I mean, look, look, this, this is my thing. If, if you don't want this stuff to get out, if you truly don't want this stuff to get out, yo, you need to go to, like, VHS. Like, you, like straight up. Like, you need to go, like, straight um, something that's, that you can hold on to that's, that's physical, a physical copy of it that can't leak out there. You put shit in the cloud, you know it's going to get hacked. This is the smartest, dumbest generation ever. Like, there's so much smart shit to do, but we're so stupid in how we handle it. And then we act surprised. Like, oh, I can't believe people hacked my shit. You're a celebrity. Like, the shit is going to get hacked. And you, like, everybody's stuff gets hacked. Like, my email gets hacked. I'm nobody. 
like not but I I'm damn sure not keeping anything personal that can that can be put out in the public on my email. Like get rid of it. Get it's rid of all serious. evidence. It's that it serious. Is. Just get rid of it. You guys had fun in the moment. I'm sure Xavier Woods wasn't thinking about that anymore. He you know, you got your little freak off session and that's it. I don't understand. I don't understand why I mean yeah, I don't know who goes back and watches these things like, oh, man, I need to go back to March 3rd, 2007, when I banged. Like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> you did it. You were there. Don't you remember? I don't know, man. And then, then it comes out, and you, now you're pissed. What you what you mad for? It's your fault. Yeah. Having a bad memory. That's the thing. Like, man, I couldn't have a sex tape leak, though. Once again, a sex tape leak, we're getting, like, 80,000 listens on our next podcast, by the way. It better be the best thing for the podcast. Horrible for me professionally. But yeah. I just couldn't imagine it. Like, yo, imagine that shit just being everywhere. You're like, yo. Once again, I was again, you guys see me, whatever. You gonna judge me better in this damn page tape. But still it's like, yo, everyone got this shit. I couldn't imagine what Paige was doing like that whole day. Like, yo, everyone sees this shit. It's wild. <laughs> yeah I, I would just freak out um the other news for the weekend outside of sex tapes and you know Paige just busting it open everywhere is drake and rick ross releasing albums uh drake a playlist let me let me be correct um which one's better to you let's start there there's no comparison these aren't two things that you can compare oh they they're two pieces of music yeah but that's i mean that's like saying I, I put this out there on Twitter the other day. It's like comparing Love Jones to The Godfather. Like, you can't compare these two projects. They're not in the same realm. They're like, Drake made, like, okay, first and foremost, the concept, like, when I heard that this was a playlist, I was like, this is stupid. And then I listened to it. It's still stupid. But I kind of get what Drake was doing in, in the sense that, like, he kind of put together a bunch of songs that he thought would go together and... It's not really rhyme or reason, kind of like the if you're hearing this, it's too late mixtape. Same same concept. Like the, the concept of a mixtape is honestly dead because you're not it's not a mix nor is it a tape. Playlist makes a lot more sense because it's on Apple Music and it's a playlist of songs that you chose that you happen to make. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, this is um Drake using a lot of influ- influences from the UK scene, from Deep yeah. House, from Euro House. Like this is this is that type of project. Rick Ross made a rap album. Um, I don't. I don't compare the two. I think it's foolish for like people to really compare it to like to compare a, a song like Passion Fruit to um, to anything off of like to anything off of Rick Ross's album is silly. So yeah, these are two different projects. I don't. I don't compare them. All right. I like them both. One. I'm not sure if Drake ever makes another rap album again. I'm not sure. Does, I mean, does he have a rap album? He, dog, all right. I mean, the thing take about care Drake. might be the only one. I, I'm not sure. Not really. The, no. This is the thing. Like, people act like, and if anybody goes back and listens to the DJ Semtex interview, Drake is very clear about this. He's not like a traditional rapper. He yeah. makes music and that he's influenced by. And and people are like, I don't like Caribbean Drake. Well, too bad. He's from Toronto, and that's there's a lot of Jamaicans in Toronto. And like that influence is part of what makes Drake Drake. If you don't like it, don't fucking listen to it. He, he, he could rap. Yes, Drake can rap. He doesn't rap all the time because he doesn't want to. Like, I don't know why people are trying to push him to do something that he doesn't necessarily do all the time. Uh, it, it, like, 
you don't have to like that part of Drake, but that's who he is, and that's what he does. It wouldn't bother me. It's just he bounces around from so many influences. He still makes good music within those influences. Like, I don't mind this new playlist or whatever. Um, I could go without as much. I, I don't know, like, UK Jamaican Drake. Like, he, he went from, like, Rihanna Caribbean to UK Jamaican Drake. Whatever, but it's, it's still made for great songs. And good songs. So I'm not hating on it. It's not my favorite Drake project. Um, once again, it seems just like a bunch of cutting room floor stuff. This is the stuff fans usually don't get to see. That ne- is never released. The stuff that doesn't make an album. I wouldn't say it's cutting room floor stuff. Because I would say Get It Together and Passion Fruit, which are two of my favorite songs off that thing. Those are hits. Like Just like Controller and One Dancer hits. Like Those are, those are big songs. And like Drake just has that innate ability to make these really big songs and use these influences and he kind of understands how to create so um i don't think it's cutting room stuff i just think he was making music like i think his next album whenever he decides to put out an album it may have a theme to it you know it may be woven together a little bit more it may be a little bit more consistent in how it's put together it may not be 22 songs um but this is drake man like I don't know what like I don't know what y'all want from Drake anymore, people. Like I don't know what you want to see him do. He's going to do what he wants to do, and people are going to buy, it, and he's going to break records doing it. Um, whether you like it or not, that's kind of on you. But I like this project. Some people were saying it's his best project since So Far Gone. I think it's fucking ridiculous, but it's good. Rick Ross, on the other hand, made a great album. My problem with people in Rick Ross's album is the immediate comparisons to say that he's one of the greatest of all time because of this project. Biggie! Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Listen, Yo, y'all the kid who said he was better than Biggie on your timeline, I flipped my shit. And you went in on him. But he's not the only one. That's, that's my thing. This hyperbolic statement that people immediately, like, do, okay, I'm going I'm to I'm preface it with this. Did you see the Chappelle special on Netflix yet? No, I know you watched it last night. I'm going to watch it after we record the podcast. Okay. So I watched both of them last night. I enjoyed them both. Um, People are arguing whether it's good or not on Twitter. I fucking hate Twitter for this. Things can't breathe without people tearing them down. Like, listen, if you liked it, great. If you didn't like it, you didn't like it. But to give this, like, big blown up criticism of who Dave Chappelle is and how he hasn't evolved over 10 years, like, shut the fuck up. Like, stop it. Then I see people comparing his stand-up to Gerard Carmichael's stand-up, which is fucking stupid because it's like, dude, don't disservice Gerard Carmichael like that by comparing him to somebody who is a recognized legend in the comedic realm as Dave Chappelle. How this pertains to this Rick Ross situation is that don't do this to Rick Ross. Let Rick Ross have his moment. Why are you, like, 24 hours after the album releases, why are you comparing him to one of the greatest rappers of all time? Like, it's ridiculous. Can can we get two weeks in and see if people are still listening to Rick Ross's album? Like, that that's what I want to see first. Like, the, the knee-jerk reaction is, is it's a good album. Yes, Rick Ross is an impeccable ear for beats. Yes, he can rap. I'm not a big fan of the guy, but this is a really good project. But this, dude, come on, man. Let the man breathe. Can he be his own man before y'all start comparing him to Biggie? To Biggie? <laughs> it's on. a really good album, though. Um. I really enjoyed the album, so I can't say I didn't. It's one of my favorite Ross albums already. I couldn't find a, a track to skip. Um, I mean, I could, but that's neither here nor there. I, I, I think it's, I, like I said, I think Rick Ross has put together a really comprehensively well put together piece of work. Uh, it's, 
it's it's very strong, especially from. But this is all Rick Ross's albums. This, this man's ear for production is almost unparalleled in hip hop. Like, this dude knows how to pick a beat. Like his ear for instrumentation is excellent. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't. The comparisons, like, dog, why can't I just don't get it? Why can't shit breathe for like five minutes? Like I would have hated to see Twitter around when Jordan was playing. Because people would have <laughs> shitted on him. Like people would have shitted on Jordan. Six range people still found something wrong. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I I'm never gonna go as far as doing the biggie comparisons, because I'm not a weirdo. But as far as Rick Ross is going, it was a good weekend for music. I rock the Rick <laughs> Ross more than the Drake, but I, I can't complain about either. Um that's pretty much our music, our, our segment outside of combat sports. And we cover music and sex tapes and how to hide your nudes. So I think we did a good service to the people. Um, let's dive into some com- combat sports now. We'll start with MMA just because it's quick. We'll round it up um, and wrap it up right now in this first segment. Bellator has, I guess Bellator is more spicy right now than UFC. Bellator announced that they have a pay-per-view card coming in June headlined by you know a couple old geezers but there should be some good fights underneath it uh what do you think of bellator you know again trying the pay-per-view route i mean let's hope they can make it to the pay-per-view without these guys getting hurt i mean this whole thing really truly hinges on fedor and mitrione and then this vandalay silver chael son fight is fucking ridiculous chael just got washed by tito ortiz who has been washed for the last four years so this fight is like a grudge match that could that should have happened. Was it the Ultimate Fighter like season three? Like, come on, man! Like, I get Brazil season three. Yeah, it was Brazil season three. That's what I meant. Um, but Bellator, I, I get it. Like, we're, we're, they're trying to jump into the the world of a uh, pay per view and trying, you know, enhance their profile. And they have a great roster. Picking up Ryan Bader this past week. Picking up Lorenz Larkin. Um, there, there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack here with Bellator and what they're slowly building. However, the over reliance on the old heads is going to bite you in the ass because in the event that Fedor gets hurt, and in the event that Vandalay fails a drug test or some shit like that, dude, then you're back to a regular televised card. Like they've tried this pay per view route before; it didn't do huge numbers, but I mean. If they, if they make sure that Michael Page is on the card, if they have Chandler on the card, they have Benson Henderson, um, it would have been nice to have Roy McDonald on the card, but he's booked with Paul Daly for London. But, uh, I mean, we'll see. You know, I don't have a whole lot of faith in Bellator because they lean too hard on old bones. They can break. Yeah, we saw that already. Mitrione pulled out. Who's to say that Fedor can go through another camp healthy? Um, Chael Sonnen is Chael Sonnen, so I expect him to be there, but... Uh, you just never know. You put a lot on the backs of people who are past their prime. Way past their prime. So, uh, shout out to them for taking a chance. They did sign someone young in Lorenz Larkin, though. And the welterweight division in Bellator is looking really nice. Yeah, the welterweight division in Bellator is something that we should really be paying attention to. It's it's like, it's stacked. You know, it's a stacked division, and they're very talented guys. It's not to the level of UFC quite at this point, but... You know, a guy who just competed for the title, Rory McDonald, heading it up. You know, Paul Daly never was really a title competitor in the UFC, but he fought for the title of Strike Force. Um, you know, Michael Page. This is this is a loaded division, and it's pretty exciting to see the, the Bellators taking what the UFC has mismanaged because Lorenz Larkin was on a great run. The guy could have used some more attention. 
Um, same with Roy McDonald. I mean, he got shitted on for that payday for the Robbie Lawler fight. So maybe, you know, Bellator will be able to, to do what the UFC couldn't do with some of these talented fighters. Uh, I mean, we'll see. They have a better shot at getting a title. We saw that with Phil Davis, right? But has it made him a bigger star? Like, no. what has it done for him per se? I, I, the jury made still him more out. money. <laughs> like that's what it does. It made them more money. Yeah, but not in comparison to holding a title in the UFC. When you were maybe two fights away from a title shot again in the UFC, that's making you five hundred k guaranteed. That's not yeah, making who- you seven hundred k guaranteed. Bellator champions maybe one fifty two hundred. But let's be smart about this. Who was beating Phil Davis? Wasn't beating John Jones anytime in anybody's future, not even his own. So. <laughs> You might as well go the route, get the more money up front, and then get that kickback on as a, as a champion, and in hopes that Bellator does catch up one day to the UFC. You know, it's just like going to WCW back in the day. You know, it's like you go to WCW in hopes that WCW eventually catches up to the WWF. And if you're the title holder, and they can lean on you. I mean, look at Goldberg. That he didn't go to the WWE, they would have they would have ruined Goldberg. They wouldn't know what to do with him. He just would have been a musclehead guy. They would have ran him out. Hello, Ryback. But, <laughs> Poor Ryback. Yeah, they, but they would have ruined him. So it's like guys like Phil Davis, like Roy McDonald. You had your shot. You got your face broken open for like under a hundred thousand dollars. Like, is it worth it? Like, go to Bellator where you know you're going to get some attention. You know, it's like you don't have to deal with the bullshit. And then on top of that, like. The media obligations, everything that comes with the UFC is is like twice and two and three times as much as what you got to deal with at Bellator. So it's like just just take your, your t- just take what you can get out of Bellator and run. And Phil Davis is the champ, so I'm sure he's happy. I don't think he's complaining. Obviously, he'd like to be the UFC champ, but it's nobody's beat was beating John Jones, and he wasn't beating Daniel Cormier either. So it is what it is. Yeah, I guess take it where you can get it. Um, UFC. Had a card, though, UFC London this weekend. Anything stand up out to you? I mean, I like the Gunnar Nelson performance. Um, Gunny did his thing. And yeah. the choke out at the end, and he said he was trying to save his face. That's hilarious. He showed a little pers- personality from a guy who's usually pretty dry and showed that he's actually a really, really good fighter. Well, yeah, we most of us already knew Gunnar was a good fighter. Well, I mean, um, but the Damian Maya fight, it was like, oh, okay, well, Gunnar's not what we thought he was. He's hype. Uh, a lot of people, not, not me per se, but a lot of people, oh, he's hype because he's with Connor. And he's yeah. Connor's guy and all this. It's like, no, he can fight. <laughs> yeah, Gunnar could fight. But I, I think the my biggest story coming out was the, you know, the, not the second coming, but the reemergence of Jimmy Manuel as a, as a real threat. I mean, the guy, he's been knocked out by John, I mean, Anthony Johnson, but who has it? So, man, it was interesting. You know, a, a super thin light heavyweight division, and he just kind of took Beast in 25-8 and cut his ass down to part-time. Like, <laughs> I, I, I like that performance. And, you know, he's calling out the light heavyweight division. We need new blood. Light heavyweight is super thin right now. So I was glad to see that performance. But overall, this was a pretty crap card. Um, it was good for London. Great there. But other than that, it was just like, all right, the card happened. What yeah, that, that was it. It was like it happened, whatever. And we get a break from the UFC and boxing pretty much this weekend. Um, a decent boxing fight on Showtime this weekend, but nothing like major. And then we get back into the swing and the uptick, and we have to prepare for UFC 210 and, you know, Canelo and Joshua. And there's so many fights. Broner fights here in a second. 
Yeah, it's pretty busy. Yeah, so we, we pick back up. So this is kind of our down week as far as previews. So let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk boxing because Triple G happened over the weekend and the haters came out in full storm. So we got to talk about Triple G. You know, was he overhyped? What he has going forward? Some other fights on the card. You guys stay tuned. We'll be right back. Listen up. Because we need help putting out the show that you love for free every week, giving it free to the people, now we know nobody likes filling out surveys, but we really need you to do it. It won't take you more than five minutes, and besides helping out the show, you'll be entered for a chance to win a $100 iTunes gift card. You know what I can do with $100 on iTunes? I'm living life large on iTunes with that, and you guys get that just for helping us out. We know some of you may have already done surveys like this in the past, but we really need you to log in and fill this thing out as accurately as possible. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, once we know more about you, we'll be able to deliver the show and the sponsors you dream about. Finding sponsors who are a good fit means we're going to give you the deals and information the brands you care about while keeping this show free to enjoy every week. Free to enjoy every week. It means you don't have to pay to subscribe for nothing. All right. And if you don't care about helping us and making the show better, do it for the chance to win a free iTunes or Amazon.com gift card. Right. You know, like do it for free. Do it for the gifts. And if there's not, you know, just think about it. If there's not that many of you doing it, there's a better chance to win. So please do us this solid and go to thecornersurvey.com. Once again, that's thecornersurvey.com. Do that. Keep the lights on for us. Let us cater to what you need. You know, you can tell us what you like and what you don't like. And then we can keep it all funky and knock this thing out. I know the Corner Club got our back. You guys are going to fill out that survey. We're going to get more ads. We're going to be bringing you this for free for a long, long time. So shout out to y'all. All right, we're back. And like promised, we're talking boxing. Before we get into Triple G and the madness surrounding him, let's talk about Roman Gonzalez. Chocolatito lost for the first time in his career. He was our number, my number one pound-for-pound pound fighter entering the fight. What do you think of the performance? I, you know, last week I thought he could go up a ton in weight. Obviously, I was wrong. Um, 122, I still thought after Twitter discussions and everyone kind of went crazy on me. Um, 122 seemed like a legit weight, though, with good challenges. That's not even the case now because his power didn't translate to, what, 118. Um, it's crazy to see, and it took him a long time to get going. I can't believe, even in the end, that he lost. I'll see how you scored in a second. I scored him winning still, and now it's, it's I don't know what's the future for him. Well, he needs to go back down and wait. Um, like I said, I've said it over and over, I've, I didn't have him as my number one pound-for-pound pound fighter. Um, the concept of pound-for-pound pound means that pound-for-pound, pound, you know, you're the best in the world. And it's the reason why I don't have Demetrius Johnson as my number one pound-for-pound pound fighter in the UFC. When he tried to move up, he lost. Roman Gonzalez bit off more than he can chew. And, yeah, you were a nut for trying to move this guy up. I mean, he's tiny. He's five foot three. Him moving up to 115 is a stretch. And, you know, what happened in this fight, which I had him winning, he started off slow. The power doesn't translate, and he had to dig himself out of a hole. Now, he's in there with a, a rough guy, but my what I was saying to a lot of people on Twitter is this fight reminded me a lot of Manny Pacquiao versus Marco Antonio Barrera. And not in the sense that um, the how the fight played out, because Pacquiao destroyed Barrera. But it was somebody that people completely overlooked and ended up winning the fight. And the people were like, oh, Barrera's washed. Chocolatillo's not washed. He's still... He still should be on people's pound for pound list. Because when he goes, yeah, he, 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 if he goes back down in weight, he should still be a dominant force. 
Um, however, you know, he, he lost a fight that he should have won. But when you look at the where the guys that he could fight at that weight class, dude, he needs to move down. This is not this is not it for him. Did He's you have him winning this fight? Yes, I did. I had him winning by a round. But he, even winning by a round, it wasn't I wasn't blown away by his performance. Um, it was a gutsy performance, but it was one of those performances that I looked at and was like, mm, this isn't this is where you shouldn't be here. You're too small. And, you know, fighting anybody else you know and he's been in too many wars as well he's only got one method which is forward and all action there's <laughs> nothing there's nothing else he knows how to do he fights in one lane he can't really switch lanes and that becomes dangerous at 29 you're, you really fight like you're 34 because it puts extra years on your body and wear and tear because you're not really defensive your your offense is your defense your face blocks everything and you, you hope the other guy doesn't punch you back so you just punch him until he stops punching you so with that method you're bound to lose. So the, the pound for pound rankings are super flimsy right now because of that. Um, so yeah, I don't know what that means for his future. I don't know where he goes from here necessarily. Um, I'd like to see him go down and fight Estrada in a rematch, but we'll see what happens. See, I want to see him rematch this before he goes back down. Just show people that you can win. I, I thought he won anyway. You don't have to knock the guy out. You don't have to hurt him. Go in there, get the rematch, prove it, and then go back down. Yeah, but what if he can't win? You, listen, you got to do something. If you want to keep your name on the pound-for-pound pound list, if you want to keep your name as more than a co-headliner, because that's what he is, just a co-headliner now. And honestly, does he get that same spot now if Triple G faces Canelo? Of course he does. Why wouldn't he? I think Oscar like he, might push one of his guys. No. Nah, no, nah, I, I think what happens with Chocolatito is like, in the same sense that when Demetrius Johnson lost to Dominic Cruz and moved down to a division that was worth it, working for him, which was flyweight, Roman Gonzalez can move down and he'll be just fine. I don't think he – a rematch should happen. Don't get me wrong. I'd like to see a rematch, but it doesn't have to happen. Um, we all know the reason that he lost wasn't necessarily because the guy was a better fighter. It was size. And I don't necessarily know if I want to see him in that kind of a fight again. But – I'd like to see if he can if he can get it back, but if he doesn't, I don't think it's the end of his career. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see where he goes from here, because you know, being pound for pound number one and not being a, a recognized world talent, it, it makes it interesting because, because th there aren't plenty of options, especially when you're as small as you are. Um, but anybody who has taken him off of the pound for pound list, you, I don't think that I think it's kind of crazy to take him completely off. Yeah, I don't know who I'd replace him with. So, <laughs> I agree. But he's going to drop down to like eight. Seven. He drops below Lomachenko? Lomachenko's lost. He lost to Salido. I know um, Lomachenko's lost, but it's been a while. And that fight, Salido, was like super Salido. It's like super Shredder. He found the ooze. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Like, Lomachenko's the most talented fighter in boxing in terms of pure talent. Then there's Terrence Crawford, who I think is the number two most talented fighter in boxing um but andre ward right now by the narrowest of margins should be number one pound for pound then sir this is my opinion andre ward sergey kovalev Gennady golovkin um then i'll probably put roman gonzalez and then terence crawford lomachenko uh guillermo rickendale uh, maybe keith thurman 
Keith Thurman should be somewhere around there in the bottom half. Um, then there's like Yamanaka and Inouye and, uh, you know, a lot of people have Canelo at the bottom. I don't, but uh, not yet. I think he's like 11. But, um, yeah, I think Chocolatillo's still in, 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 you know, the top 10. He, he's easily in the top 10 just be based off his resume alone and what he's accomplished, you know, through the years. Uh, he's just bit off more than he can chew. And that's kind of what Vasil Lomachenko did. He bit off more than he can chew as well when he lost to Salido. And, you know, we kind of penalized him for it, but we got over it. That's true. Uh, it, it's a crazy time in the pound for pounds. And now at the top, look at Triple G versus Jacobs. People are doubting Triple G because of this fight. Um, I don't know what people expected. He's going against the second best guy in the world. People don't watch boxing. This, this is my problem with people who don't watch boxing. Watch more boxing. I, from the, when the, the day this fight was made, shit, before this fight was made, I have continuously said Danny Jacobs will be the toughest test for Gennady Golovkin. Tougher than Canelo Alvarez. There were people like, you're crazy. No, Danny Jacobs is that good. He got knocked out. No, I was there when he got knocked out. It, and I knew, I remember what he was going through with his grandmother passing. Shit happens. He had a bad night. Dimitri Pirog got the best of him that night. But he's, dude, Jacobs is one of the most celebrated talents coming into boxing. And he's a true middleweight. And then he was like goddamn light heavyweight that night too. But based on pure talent, I'm not surprised that this fight went the way that it did. I thought Gennady would have knocked him out because I thought the simple fact that Jacobs has been knocked out and that Sergio Mora was able to put him down, that Golovkin would eventually get to him. Yeah. But, dude, Rozier, like, credit to Rozier, his, Jacobs' trainer, because he did a hell of a job in the corner keeping his man calm and c- continuously preaching that finesse would outdo power. And Jacobs did a great job. He lost the fight, in my opinion, but he put on a hell of a performance. And I don't think anybody should take anything from Triple G. You can't fucking destroy people in every fight, guys. Like, come on. Cut it out. He, like, people are like, oh, he's going to get mauled by Canelo. Y'all act like Canelo has been destroying everybody, which he hasn't. Like, chill. Chill out. Well, I mean, he destroys the smaller people. Of course he does. Like, I mean, but that, that's, that's, my, that's my rationale behind why Gennady Golovkin still beats Canelo Alvarez. Because Canelo's been beating up on little people his entire career. since you know, And now Triple G has been fighting middleweights. And he was completely outweighed by Jacobs. Jacobs was like, fuck this IBF title. I'm going to weigh in. I'm not going to weigh in on Saturday. It was well within my rights. And nobody should criticize him for it either. People that criticize Jacobs, you're a dick. Cut it out. He did everything that was well within the rules. He used every physical advantage that he could possibly have without breaking the rules. Nothing wrong with that. But, man, y'all got to chill with this, like, this Canelo's going to destroy Triple G. They act like Triple G didn't drop Jacobs. They act like he didn't drop Jacobs. And they act like the Triple G didn't eat everything that Jacobs threw at him and didn't even blink. Like, Jacobs didn't even rock Gennady. And Jacobs is a heavy-handed middleweight who was fighting like a light heavyweight. And he hit Triple G with some great shots. And Triple G didn't budge. Like, come on, man. Y'all got to chill out with this shit. Y'all don't watch enough boxing. Y'all don't watch enough boxing. Is Canelo and Triple G is it competitive? Yeah, it's competitive. I think it's competitive for a few rounds. I don't. I don't think Canelo's as fast as people think he say he is. I think it'll be. I think it'll be a good fight. But I still think you know Gennady Golovkin wins this fight. That's my opinion. I think so too. Um, we uh, 
I guess we have to see how Canelo looks at this heavier weight, right? We have to see and make sure he's not a destroyer. Like, he's not just going to run through, you know, Cesar Chavez Jr. But even then, if he does, I, I don't think he's better in Triple G. I mean, who is Julio Cesar Chavez Jr.? He's not. He, he's not Jacobs. Right. That's my point. Like, Chavez, if Chavez makes weight, which is the question on everybody's mind, can Julio Cesar Chavez make this 164 and a half? I think that's the contract to weight. And it's a million dollars for every pound he's over. If he makes that weight, uh, how drained is this dude going to be? Like, let's, I mean, come on, man. His work ethic. There's so many things that can go wrong here. And if, if, if Canelo wins, so? Like, y'all, dude, y'all that are riding this Canelo bandwagon, look, I think Canelo's a really, really good fighter. I just don't think he can beat Triple G. And I'm fine with it. And that is okay. But, man, y'all make this Canelo like he's the best fighter in the world and a world beater. I just – I don't see it. I just don't see it. Yeah, I'm not going to see it either. I'm never joining that bandwagon. <laughs> um, there's plenty of people online, though. Uh, listen, Royce tweeted immediately, Canelo knocks out Triple G. Shout out to Royce, friend of the podcast. And he watched a lot of boxing. I was like, Royce, you missed out on this one. Yeah. It, it just I, – I don't see how it happens. Um. Well, that's a wrap-up of boxing right now, though. we got to take our last break. we got to come back and talk pro wrestling, WWE, a huge rumor um, on the horizon. Maybe we see it play out at Mania a couple days after. We'll see. So stay tuned, and we'll talk about that after the break. All right, everybody. Before we continue to talk more combat sports, we got to give another thanks to Casper Mattresses. Casper Mattresses combine two technologies bringing latex foam and supportive memory foam to create an award-winning sleep surface. Have y'all ever slept on memory foam? It's like floating on air. It's that great. And this is how we get our sleep. So you guys make sure that you check it out. Casper mattresses are made in the USA and have free shipping and returns to the US and Canada. Shout out to the great North. You can buy your Casper mattress easy online and it's completely risk-free. Look, dude, you spend like a third of your life sleeping, and Casper understands the importance of trying out a mattress before you commit. Look, so if you are satisfied with the Casper mattress, you got a 100-day period. Yeah, that's right, 100 days. You know, like, 100 days of sleeping, by, by about that time, I think I know if I like my mattress. So get a Casper mattress for $500 for a twin or $950 for a king size, and you can save an additional $50 towards your Casper mattress by going to casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's Casper.com backslash the corner. Promo code the corner to save $50 towards a Casper purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Look, again, man, I like to sleep, and these things are for real. All right, back with our last segment. It is pro wrestling, WWE. We always wrap up the show like this from, you know, for what, a couple weeks now. Next week, we're going to lead off with wrestling because it's WrestleMania week. And Andreas has to be hype about it, right? No, I'm not. <laughs> oh, I knew the old man Andreas was in there somewhere. Uh, let's actually start off with a rumor first, though. It was reported yesterday, pro wrestling sheet, that the Hardys, not even the broken Hardys necessarily, are have been offered a contract by the WWE. Does Matt's broken universe work on this large scale? Will fans get it? Yes. Um, I, I think we're in the, the we can't underestimate you know how well these talents do on the indie scene, um, which is evident clearly evidenced by AJ Styles' arrival at the Royal Rumble last year. 
people were like, oh, man, I don't know if he's going to get over. Dude was over. Um, the Hardys, coupled the, the fact that the Hardys are, to some people, a nostalgia act, anybody who hasn't seen them on the indie scene, to give them a completely new gimmick to, for most who haven't seen the, the Broken Hardys, uh, it'll be great for them. And I think it works on a large scale. It's just, you know, this whole legal beagle shit with TNA, you know, and their stupid ass owl getting involved in trying to cock block anything that the Hardys do. Uh, yeah, but the short answer is yes, th- this works. The, the Broken Hardys work on a major level. Well, they can't be called the Broken Hardys, I guess, because TNA went into like a huge like Twitter rant that they still own the Broken Universe and all this stuff. Whatever. It's Matt Hardys. No one else is going to step into that. Um, case in point, how they wrote the Hardys off in the dumbest skit in the world. So, yeah, that was fine. Yeah, so I, I have no faith in them doing anything of the sort. So I, I just don't know when you debut them. I would love to see Hardys New Day out the jump but if the hardys come in and don't challenge for a title right away it's wasted right yeah i mean like i echo what i said a week ago i just have a problem with the lack of depth in the tag team divisions um both divisions are trash right now and not trash in terms of talent trash in how they're booked they've been booked very bad um you know smackdown you know we just saw the usos defeat american alpha for the tag titles which means Without going too in depth, heading into WrestleMania, there will be no champion from 2016. None. No champion will have the, had the titles longer than three months heading into WrestleMania. And American Alpha had to do the disservice of dropping the titles two weeks before WrestleMania. That makes no <laughs> fucking sense. Um, that was a hell of a match, though. It was a great match. It just doesn't make any sense. But what I'm saying is there's really, for the Hardys, like, yeah, they could feud with New Day, but then what? Right? Like. If New Day doesn't even have the tag titles, so then what? Enzo and Cass? Yeah, right. I guess. The club. There's a lot more on, on Raw for them than there is on SmackDown. It, like, it could be it could be fun, but it, if it's not... If the tag team division isn't rebooted properly after WrestleMania, this is, this is not going to This is not going to last very long. And you have to look at how WWE structures the shows. The Hardys won't be at the top of the card. They're, they're, they're going to be... An, up, an upper tier or mid-tier mid-card act. Yes. So that changes things significantly for them. So, you know, mid-card tag teams, like when the New Day were the tag team champs, they were upper mid-card. They were on the show like three times. If they don't do that with the Hardys and just kind of have them milling around with Cesaro and Sheamus, yeah, you're going to kind of waste the Hardys. You know, it's like you got to do something bigger with them. And it gets tricky after WrestleMania because you have to service a lot of things. Whoever the champ is coming out of WrestleMania, you know you're going to have your big return. Are the Hardys going to be your big return, or is it going to get nullified by Finn Balor, his return? So there's a lot of questions going into how do you handle the Hardys if they come in after Mania. It'll be interesting to see if this is the route they go, if they keep the Broken Hardys gimmick. I'm I'm interested. Um, I think they deserve another crack at it. It could be done right. I just don't have a lot of faith in WWE. Yeah, creative kind of leaves that a lot to be desired. So we'll see if they... Give, uh, you know, Matt kind of free reign to take his character and do what he does. Um, let's talk about Raw real quick then. Foley fired. You feel bad like, for Mick? No, like we didn't see it coming. He needs to get <laughs> that hip replaced anyway. Um, I, okay, so my problem with the Raw, which is this week, last week, the week before, in this particular segment is I don't understand what the hell Sami Zayn was doing. 
Sami Zayn has pretty much been disrespected by Foley. Telling Foley's been telling him, you can't do it. You can't beat Strowman. You can't do this. Don't fight Samoa Joe. And then here comes Sami Zayn to, to Foley's rescue. And what happens? He gets smashed by Samoa Joe. This one thing to be an underdog. It's another thing to be a joke. And they're treating Sami Zayn like a joke. That being said, we still don't have a program for WrestleMania for Samoa Joe or Sami Zayn. If they're going to run this back again at Mania, this is the, the worst decision possible. With Foley's job on the line, it'll be stupid. I don't like where any of this is going. Yeah, um, but I, I guess they're just thrown into a program. Mania has too many matches already. That, but that's, my, that's what I was going to say. There is no multi-man ladder match, which is kind of strange. Which would It would have made sense if like Jericho would have dropped the U.S. title and it would have been up for grabs in a ladder match. You would have thrown a bunch of people in there to get them a paycheck. But it's, it, there are too many matches. But you're, some of your bigger names like Strowman and Samoa Joe have nothing to do. I, and I don't, I don't. And only understand. one person can win the battle royal. Ugh. And I don't even like that. That uh, that just disgusts me in itself. That's like pre-show stuff. But yeah, like this Foley getting fired. Um, Stephanie is a great heel. heel. Uh, Foley played his role well, stemming from last week with the return of Rollins. But uh, yeah, it's it's kind of I don't know. The star of the show know. was Jericho's promo on Owens, hands down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course. I mean, the Jer- dude Jericho Owens is the program. <laughs> it's the main event for all purposes. It'll just probably come on an hour two of WrestleMania. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I hope so. Yeah, but I mean, now then we're gonna have to go through Undertaker, Reigns, and finish up with Goldberg versus Lesnar for a three minute match. After we we know what happened. Like we we know what the main event is. It's another letdown year. I mean, is, is anybody surprised by this? <laughs> yeah, everyone should be surprised. There's way too much talent for that. It's a damn shame that they can't just play stuff correctly on the card. And I think I mentioned this last week. I think we touched on it a little bit. Um, I know you talked about it. The f- match would have been so much better. If Owens still had the title. Because a title for title. Champion versus champion match. At Wrestlemania. Between Jericho and Owens. Would have been what. Was needed. Yeah, It would have carried the card. It would have been. The best. Match of the night. It would have meant something. The winner going out with two belts. The Wrestlemania moment standing on the ropes. The fireworks, that's how you end it. Not with old man Goldberg getting wrecked. And yeah. they don't need the belts. Goldberg didn't need the belt. Yeah. Uh, all right. So here's my thing. Goldberg, Lesnar, I've said it a billion times, it doesn't need the title. And we sat here and watched this entire Owens-Jericho play out with the biggest crowd response on both sides. Like, There's so much heat in that feud that if it would have been for the title – then you would have gave these two creative license to have like a 30-minute match at the end or close to the end of WrestleMania and also give them the license to show up the rest of the card. Now, without the title, you're kind of sticking them in the middle of the card, cutting that 30 minutes down to 15 minutes, and, you know, because you got to allow the other title matches to shine. This is, this is dumb, man. Like, 
They try to like Goldberg won the title and it hasn't been discussed since. He hasn't really mentioned it. He showed up with it for a hot second. It meant something to Kevin Owens. And it was it was a part of the Owens Jericho feud because Jericho protected that title um, by helping Owens retain it on numerous occasions. So why wouldn't that be the central part of that feud? Like I was, I've been binge watching WrestleManias. Anybody follows me on Twitter, I've just been watching WrestleManias, and I look at how important the title was for Savage Hogan. Like you take Savage Hogan and you take the title out of that match. Yeah, the, the match still has heat, but why doesn't your top feud have you know have a title involved? Like Goldberg Lesnar is not necessarily a, a feud that has a ton of heat, and you know that you're not getting the two best workers. Like you know you're getting this ridiculously short match. So I just got a problem, like watching this whole Jericho segment this week and putting some more reality in it, pulling like this old Kevin Owens picture of him wearing a Y2J shirt. That shit was great. (laughs) It makes you go, man, like I wish this was the main event because these two can tear the house down. But they're not. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, there's there's been other feuds that have been heated that have done well without the title, like Shawn Michaels, Chris Jericho or Shawn Michaels, Kurt Angle or... Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, or Shawn Michaels are pretty much goddamn everybody. Like, Shawn Michaels is always involved in some great feuds that don't involve a title. However, in this case, when you're shining the light on a title match between two guys that aren't going to wrestle more than five minutes, and another feud between Randy uh, Orton and Bray Wyatt that's not nearly as hot as Jericho and Owens, I don't understand the purpose of not putting the title on, on Owens, like, not keeping the title on Owens. And to magnify it even more is what I've said, alluded to earlier. No champion will have held that title longer than three months heading into this WrestleMania. None of these titles have any prestige. Not it a means single not, one. It means the day after Mania is hitting the reset button. I just don't get why we're doing this, man. Like I, I don't understand the logic in any of this. And it's, it's frustrating to watch because... Yeah, Jericho and Owens are fighting for the U.S. title, but Owens should even be like, I don't want your shitty little title. I want my title back. Yeah, I was about to say, I, he, he should be like, I just had the title. The hell do I care about this belt for? This doesn't make sense. I mean, it just, to me, it's bad booking, you know? And it's like, it takes away from WrestleMania. Um, it does. Talking about bad booking, we're going to see a John Cena proposal instead of him fighting an Undertaker. Come on, son. Like, if John Cena does not propose... Then everybody's made to be a jackass. Because <laughs> it's the biggest this, troll ever. <laughs> yeah, because dude, like the Miz Marty segment this week, while not, I don't think they were particularly good, but it had to be angling towards this whole proposal thing, which for me it gives away a little bit too much. Like I loved when Savage and Miss Elizabeth got back together after the Ultimate Warrior match because we didn't necessarily see that thing coming. Now we see this Nikki Bella John Cena proposal thing coming. It's kind of corny now. They're they're like they're foreshadowing it a little bit too hard. Um, and I, dude, I've just lost a lot of interest in a lot of things with WrestleMania. I'm interested in in the Undertaker Randy uh, Randy Orton Undertaker Roman Reigns match because I need to see if they're going to turn Roman Reigns here heel because he's going to get booed out of the fucking building at WrestleMania. Um, but aside from that, I mean, even the AJ Styles. Can we talk about this real quick? Shane McMahon, he takes the best bumps, but yo, he's got the worst punches in wrestling history. <laughs> what of these bumps aren't going to be as uh, nice to him? Well, he's one year away from just completely missing. Like, this year, like, okay, so he took the table dive off the top of the cage at WrestleMania. 
this year, like we just he damn near missed AJ Styles completely jumping off the turnbuckle to the table. I'm going to predict at WrestleMania he's going to botch something. Like he's gonna botch a coast to coast or something, he's not gonna land it. He's like a year removed away from completely missing something and killing himself. He needs to chill. He doesn't need to do this. Don't do no, this. No, it's it's really unnecessary. And he did it on an episode of SmackDown. Like what yeah, are you what are you man. gonna do at Mania? Like, look, man, you just let AJ Styles throw your head through a goddamn car window. And and like you're gonna go into WrestleMania probably with tape ribs and your eyes still gonna be swollen. Son, chill. Cause it's not worth it. And it's not like like we you you've taken enough bumps for us. Like, dude, we appreciate you. Listen, we watched you do it against Kurt Angle at King of the Ring, where Kurt Angle fucking killed you. With, with belly-to-belly suplex, overhead suplexes, trying to throw you through the window. We saw you take the dive against Steve Blackman. We saw you jump off the cage with The Undertaker. We saw you deal with uh, Vince McMahon. You don't have to do this anymore because you're not really a great wrestler. You're just like a great stuntman. So I don't really need to see you against AJ Styles because we know AJ can wrestle. I don't need to see you try to jump off like the stage and then miss and then bust your shit open in front of your kids. Like I don't want to see that. I'm good. I don't need to see it. Yeah, nah, his kids, they have to watch these matches with their eyes closed now, right? Fuck yeah. I mean, if I'm, dude, if my dad said, son, going to WrestleMania, I'm like, dad, you're a fucking idiot because you might not be here tomorrow. Like, that's, you got to cut this out. Because these, dude, these are not stunts where you do, where they happen and then you, you know, you just kind of walk away from them. These are things that hurt. Like, re- for as much as wrestling is, you know, scripted, and dude, these things you can't script the pain. Like he's gonna be hurt. Um, I don't know what he's gonna do against Shane McMahon. I don't like the match as it is, but the bumps that he's taking, yeah. And I think he, he I don't know how he doesn't know how to punch. I don't get this. He has the worst punches in wrestling history. They're terrible. Yeah, no. I, there's other people for AJ to fight, so he doesn't have to risk his life. That's what it comes down to. But Shane will be Shane, right? You can't tell him I'm, nothing. He's Shane O'Mac, man. He's Shane O'Mac. And uh, SmackDown as a whole was just kind of weird because I thought the Shane AJ thing, it's like, all right, so that feud has like some strange heat that's lasting like two weeks. Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt, every week that goes by, I hate it more. And this week with like the sheet mask and then all of a sudden, like it's, it's, this is dumb. Like unless Sister Abigail makes an appearance, I'm good on this feud. I'm really good. I, uh, I'm. I don't. I don't get it. Was what happens when it's over? Uh, it's a good question. He has to get back in the title picture. Who? Who's gonna? I mean, we're gonna do our predictions next week. So, are we saying that Randy Orton's gonna win this? The, mm, I guess right. <laughs> like honestly i i don't know i i think aj beats shane and then shane is forced to give him a title match so better question do you care who wins the title no i, I would like to see bray keep it but no at this point i don't like any of these titles there's no title on this card that i care for anybody to keep dean ambrose i don't care nobody on this card i'm like you need to keep that title or you need to win the title even the, the Neville-Austin Aries match, I don't care. I really don't care who wins. I don't care about any of these. Like, I hope we get good matches, but the, the most 
intriguing match of WrestleMania weekend is whether Asuka finally loses. That's it. I don't care about anything else. And actually, I want to see if, if DIY or The Revival can take those titles off the authors of pain. And this is on a fucking different show. Completely. Not even on WrestleMania. I'm good, man. WrestleMania is... I'm going to watch it. We're going to have a WrestleMania party because I'm not going to WrestleMania. Thank God I didn't waste my money. Um, but, yeah, it's just not... It's, it's, it's happening, but that's about it. It's happening. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'll be at your crib to watch it. We'll be getting drunk. At least I'll be drunk by the end of the night. <laughs> Should have a drinking game. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, that'll be stupid drunk after that. We'll see. Um, next week, maybe we plan one out. But for now, our show is over. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you follow the podcast on social media at The Corner LSN. Follow me at Kel Dansby on everything. Him at Andreas Hale. That, that's pretty much our show. Thank you, guys. Make sure to keep your nudes safe. For now, we're gone. We're out. Peace. On